Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always, Lord Commander Ulrich. So today we're doing another buckler, but before we get into that, we gotta do our Patreon sound off because I'm contractually obligated to mention it, so go ahead, Ulrich. Hey, these nice people give us money to make this show every week. The least we can do is, you know, thank them and fulfill that bare minimum of making them briefly famous on the internet. And those wonderful, wonderful people are Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McCann, and Chris Chipman. Now, if you'd like to be internet famous for all of 30 seconds or so, then just head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com geeks with shields. It only costs you 25 cents an episode, and it goes a long way towards helping us make this thing. And come on, a dollar to be internet famous? Where are you going to get those numbers? I suppose, or 25 cents to be internet famous for being accurate. But we're not here to talk about internet fame i guess we're here to talk about a concept an old concept from uh, i'm going to call schoolyard discussions which is the verses yeah because we uh, talked about our favorite death battle episodes and that was pretty popular so we thought maybe we'd talk about what we like in a versus episode and maybe discuss why versus is so eternally popular yeah we don't really have schedule planned out for this discussion necessarily it literally started off this last night Ulrich texted me he's like hey why don't we have a discussion about like Godzilla versus King Kong. And I was like, that does not make a good versus because it's way too one-sided. Yeah, Godzilla is way too fat. Fat? Dense. <laughs> sorry, what? Dense, okay, sure. And I know, I know there is a Godzilla versus King Kong movie where King Kong wins. But that's like saying, it's like putting, I don't know, uh, Superman as a child against you know, like one of his villains as an adult. It's like, that wasn't Godzilla at his peak by any means. Well, even if we take aside all of the death battle stuff, you know, that's come to play a part in these arguments, size, weight, factors like that. Come on. I love monkeys. You love monkeys. But no way is a monkey going to beat a fire-breathing Not just a fire-breathing lizard, but a fire-breathing lizard that regenerates like crazy and basically comes up with new superpowers every movie. <laughs> and he has that cool dance he does. Yes. But this brings us to the first point about a proper versus discussion is it's supposed to theoretically be between two characters where the fight is, if not necessarily close, you know, feasible that either side could win. Right. Yeah. Not your Batman versus Superman. I've heard your arguments of why Batman can win. I don't care. You're just blowing smoke up your own ass. Well, a better example of an actual death battle that had this problem was the Flash versus Quicksilver. Now, I get the idea. Hey, well, let's take the speedster from Marvel and the speedster from DC and put them against each other. But the Flash so unbelievably outpowers and outclasses Quicksilver that it becomes a joke of a battle. Yeah, I would uh, say or Thor versus Raiden, which is funny if you listen to him talk about it. They were thought that one was, you know, pretty balanced. And then as they started doing their research, they realized that Raiden was doomed. Exactly. It's funny because this last season of Death Battle, they've been doing all like fan requested ones, and most of them have been ridiculously one sided, like with Venom versus Bane or Thanos versus Darkseid or, you know, things like that. Just ridiculous. I like the Thanos versus Darkseid. I kind of thought that Dark, that Thanos had a shot, and then I remembered that Darkseid is the big bad of DC, and DC's just broken. And Darkseid is literally the god of evil, so... <laughs> yeah! So, that's what, you know, one of the most important things. But as a, another thing, now when I watch something like Death Battle, 
the versus part, while fun, is not actually the main reason I'm watching. I watch because I like seeing all of the feats and information that I might not know, even about characters that I, I know rather well. So I love seeing it, you know, broken down. Yeah, no, that show's made me a fan of a lot of characters I had zero interest in before. Example, my favorite death battle is uh, Snake from Metal Gear versus Sam Fisher from whatever game series Sam Fisher's from. I don't know, point is, I'm not a fan of either of those characters, but that death battle is so good. Good information, good animation, good like voice quality, that's just all together was a great episode. Yeah, so kind of circling back to our original point, what makes a good versus? And I think a good versus is when you can instantly conjure arguments in your mind of why this person could beat this person or vice versa. Like for me, when Optimus Prime went up against Gundam Wing, it's like, ooh, both giant robots, okay, both combat, okay, this could go either way. There wasn't an immediate victor in my mind. Up until they said that Optimus Prime has 9 million years of battle experience. <laughs> well, let's put all the stats and lore and stuff aside. This is take it back to the schoolyard argument, the bar brawl, the what have you. When you're just looking at the basic stuff, you know off the top of your head what sounds like a fair match. Okay, well then in that in that terms, what was your favorite one growing up? Do you remember? Well, my first one, of course, was Godzilla versus King Kong, because as I said before, I was a huge uh, Godzilla fan. But the one that consumed an inordinate amount of time in my high school years was the infamous Pirate versus Ninja, which I still have no idea where it came from. Well, that mainly came from the fact that pirates and ninjas were both they were a cultural thing, right? The weebs were just starting to, weeaboos and otakus were just starting to take shape as we were going through school. So, of course, ninjas were becoming a popular thing. But pirates have this swagger and, you know, design and Pirates of the Caribbean was coming out right about then. So, they're just both really popular things, you know? Yeah, that was one that I just remember endless arguments with my friends over and going back and forth and reaching ever more ridiculous levels of, well, what if blank did? Well, the problem with another problem with that is with any verses, you have to establish rules, right? Death Battle, for instance, has like five established rules. Like one of them is regardless of what the character's rules on killing are for this battle, they will kill their opponent, you know, kind of thing. So let's take something like Pirate versus Ninja. And we establish rules in any verses. Is this a like Colosseum battle? Are we putting the two into a you know neutral ground where there's no place to go and just watching the battle out? Or is it put them both in a city with the job to hunt down the other one? Because if you do the former, then the pirate's gonna win because he's got a gun. He's just gonna shoot the ninja. But if you do the latter, then the ninja's gonna win because he knows how to move unseen through a town and he'll just kill the pirate in his sleep. So and to be honest, we already saw the result of Pirate vs. Ninja way back in Raiders of the Lost. Yeah, basically. Guy jumps out with sword. Oh, big sword fight, Indy. Indy pulls gun, shoots guy. Game over. That's, that's why, Pirate versus Ninja. That's why it completely depends on what rules you establish. So I, I prefer... I always like the, the idea that it's like a Colosseum thing. If we're talking about a versus, right, then it's like, uh, like boxing. You know, we're going to stick them into a a stage or a platform of some sort there's nowhere to hide right just them fight each other see who's a better warrior but that's that's when you're trying to find out who's the better warrior if you're trying to find out who's a better it, it, it comes down to semantics yeah no one of the other favorite ones i had was juggernaut versus the block well that's the classic you know unstoppable force and immovable object but really if you read into their lore 
the blob is not really an immovable object. He's just something that you can kind of call that. Whereas Juggernaut, some people might not know this, Juggernaut's not even a mutant. When you read into his powers and research him, his powers come from a god, like the a jewel and and divine powers that are what make him an unstoppable force. So yeah, and this kind of harkens back to the good old nerd beat em ups that unfortunately led to the Batman versus Superman nonsense. Well, in all fairness, that came from the idea of let's take the most powerful hero and the least powered hero and create a scenario in which the least powered hero survives through his wits and preparation. That's supposed to be essentially the power fantasy at play there. But Let's anytime that it's Batman fans being Batman fans. Well, also you look at, okay, I admit I have not read every Superman and or Batman comic, but every instance of Batman fighting Superman, like actually fighting Superman that I have seen before involves a scenario where Batman is, for one reason or another, trying, like really trying, whereas Superman is not. Example, let's look at the most famous example, right, with uh, The Dark Knight, the the comic. In that comic, Batman has prepared on, you know, tirelessly to defeat Superman. This is his goal. The entire time, Superman is talking to him, trying to convince him to just stop because he's going to bring him in. So Superman's not really fighting Batman in that entire fight. So it's not really a a fight, really. <laughs> Plus the fact that all Superman has to do is hit Batman once with full force, and Batman is out of Well, that's one of those things where it's like, Superman really has no limit. So if he wanted to, he could basically punch anyone to death instantly. <laughs> so Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but in the 90s, there was a brief series of DC versus uh, Marvel crossover comics where the heroes fought and the fans got to Neat. And Batman actually fought Captain America in that one, and you can guess who won that fan. Okay, in all fairness to that one, though, the, the one of the points of death battle, another one of their rules, is it takes two characters that are at their peaks, right? Because we don't want to put one of the characters at their weakest versus another character at their peak. That's, that's not the point. So if we take Batman at his peak, when he is in the comic, when he is strongest, he has essentially every power Captain America has, plus all of his gadgets and intelligence. Because Captain America is really just supposed to be a pinnacle human body. And Batman is that too. We can argue about this one. I don't think we're going to waste the viewer's time because I still have issues with this one. I'm just saying that like that's that's what's going on there. Captain America isn't, you know, isn't like Superman. It's like Captain America doesn't have anything that Batman at his peak doesn't have. I don't like batman nearly as much captain america this is not a a bias thing i am not a batman fan i'm just objectively looking at the facts here man so how about one i see cropping up all the time that was fun for you was a nerd fight of if the tyranids fought the borg who would win and do you remember what you said when i asked you that question i said dear god what did the borg do to you yeah those are the fun ones like 40k is probably a great example of it's never good in a versus because 40k is the Batman of the sci-fi universe in that it just breaks whatever rules it has to to win. Well, see, here's the thing about that. I I didn't know anything about the Tyranid. That's not actually what I said. I, I'm stealing that line from someone else because when you ask me that question, it's because you know about the Tyranids, but you don't know about the Borg, and I'm vice versa. So I went and did some research, and that was the top-rated comment on the first thread 
asking the question I found was, dear God, what did the Borg ever do to you? Because that's the thing. The Borg are a great, terrifying threat. They certainly are one of science fiction's most terrifying races, as far as I'm concerned. But as you just put it, Warhammer 40K is like another level of violence and crazy technology. Borg cubes are the size of small cities, but there are ships in in Warhammer that are like the size of continents or planets even. Yeah, no, 40K just kind of breaks all the rules as it writes them. One of the other favorite nerd ones that I have seen people go round and round and round over, and I do not believe is a definitive answer, is Star Wars versus Star Trek. Okay, so here's the, the issue with that, which is Star Wars has much larger ships in general, right? More destructive power. But, and here's where it's difficult, right? Star Wars operates under technology that exists within Star Trek's world and is considered inferior. So, example, let's say we're in a proper death battle and we put a Star Destroyer versus a Constitution-class starship. Now, that Star Destroyer is like a thousand times larger than the Constitution-class starship. But the kind of... They don't really use shields the same way that Star Trek shields do. They use lasers. And even a starship's basic navigational shields can block lasers. So all that starship have to do is beam a photonic warhead onto the bridge of the Star Destroyer and kill them all. Yeah, and that takes care of space. But what about on land? I mean, have we ever seen what land war in Star Trek looks like? Yes, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Land Wars on Many Planets Against the Jem'Hadar. We need to watch that series. Yes, you do, because it is the best Star Trek series, and basically the last four seasons are all taking place during the Dominion Federation War. It's awesome stuff. But You may have made enemies on the internet, but I don't know how Star Trek people rank this. Well, okay, the, the original series is so awesome in its own right for various reasons, and Next Generation is kind of like the golden boy and the... the you know, the holdup is perfection. But Deep Space Nine really is, in my opinion, the best written, the best ensembled series. And it's the only one that I think accurately blends episodic and like long form storytelling in an interesting and worthwhile way. So yes, I will defend Deep Space Nine as the best Star Trek, period. But anyway, as for Ground War, I don't know if a lightsaber could deflect a phaser, but in general, Ground War doesn't really happen in Star Trek's universe, and the Federation isn't a warlike race. So if we're saying Star Trek versus Star Wars, in what does that mean? Is that saying the Federation versus the Republic? See, I don't know. That's kind of why I think this argument has gone on for so long, is because, okay, is it the Federation versus the Republic? Is it the Federation versus the Old Republic? Is it the you get to bring in all the factions? You get Death Stars? Is this the First Order? There's so many variations and nitpicks and this, I think, is a great example of a good versus because you have equally fervent fan bases on either side with buckets of background lore and debate and enough variational options to kind of go between that you get some really good discussions. Yeah, so my, my point is that my first thought in that regards would be that Star Trek doesn't really deal with ground warfare. It's not a common thing anyway, so I would give the edge to Star Wars, obviously. But Star Trek has a whole lot more like crazy species, mostly because it's a show, so it's gone a long period of time. Obviously, we can't count the Q, can we? Because they're omnipotent. So, Man, I'd love to see some Klingons fight some Ewoks. 
you mean you'd like to see some Klingons cut some Ewoks in half with their Batliths? Is that what you're saying? Yes, but at the same time, somehow the Ewoks defeated Stormtroopers. And don't go on me like, oh, Stormtroopers are dumb. No, read your lore. Stormtroopers should not be defeated by 10. Okay, in all fairness, that was a guerrilla warfare situation and also kind of a, a metaphor for what was going on in Vietnam at the time, So, and, or not at the time, but previously. So that's that's a whole lot of baggage to unravel there. So- I know, I'm just saying, like, we all think, oh, the Klingon are going to destroy those teddy bears, and then somehow, some way, they come out on top and we're weak going, where did they get the crossbow? Yeah, I, uh, I got nothing for you, so... I don't know, just weird visual thoughts in my head. But that's what I mean, you know, I think that is a good example of reverses. So let's kind of, you know, transition to the last part. Why is this childhood concept of verses so popular? Well, it's funny because I feel like it comes down to personal attachment. There's a very strong psychological mechanism by which you put yourself into the things you like and have this kind of desire to defend them from the other especially things that are close enough to be like it but that you choose your thing over it so then it becomes a justify your choice and the manner in which that justification comes out can happen in many different forms and one of the more benign ones is in the versus debate i don't know i think there's also just a much more primitive base level than that because when deadliest warrior used to be on my buddies and i had poker night and poker night was always the night after a deadliest word. And we would spend, you know, the night playing poker and talking about why one person won over the other and predicting the next, you know, round. And we never had any real personal connections over to who's going to win. Well, a few examples, Viking Samurai. But in Shaolin Monk versus uh, Maori Warrior, it was all sorts of, there's no attachment. We had fun talking about it. And maybe that's it. It's just a fun experiment in imagination. Yeah, I can agree with that. By the way, I want to point out that I have not read you know, the entire extended Star Wars universe. So if someone tells me that there is evidence in the expanded universe that Star Wars ships can block out transporters or phasers, I'll accept it. I'm not going to, you know, fight it. But just to my knowledge, currently that doesn't exist. So stacking those sandbags early. Good move. Yeah, no, just just saying I'm trying to be fair here. <laughs> so let us know in the comments, what is your go to versus? Like, what is your favorite, you know, my dad can beat up your dad. Oh, there's always that one. That didn't work for me because my dad was never around. Cue sad violin. Yeah, I don't can make a violin sound, so we'll just have to imagine it in your head. Although I did have my mom could beat up both your parents, so. Yeah, that is true. Anyway, let's uh, let's end before we go on to some really dark places here. Do you have any closing statements other than asking the fans to give us their favorite verses? Nah, not that I can think of. Go watch Death Battle on ScrewTech if you haven't already. I mean, hell, that's an awesome show. They do their research, and they don't deserve half the shit they get. And then there's the fact that Ulrich here is supposed to be pushing Patreon. I was giving him the opportunity, but since he didn't, I'll push it a bit, which is, hey, we did the beginning. At the end here, a little bookmark. We have Patreon. Go check it out if you have a moment, if you feel inclined. So, anyway, we're going to head off now. This has been Axel Wright. Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in next time whenever we do another buckler or a full episode. And as always, stay honorable.